both of those together. Let's read two text scriptures. The first one would be Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. That would be a scripture that obviously would tie in with Pentecost Sunday. Then we move several chapters later in the book of Acts, Acts 20 and 35. Paul is speaking. This is the last words that that he will give to the Ephesian elders. I have eschewed you or showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I preach to you today, power to give. Power to give. Now we're getting ready to pray like like we often do. And let's pray that God will give us great revelation. Let's pray that God will speak to us now and we'll be focused to hear on these holiday weekends. There's a lot of distraction that starts tomorrow. And let's pray that there will be no distraction inside this building, in this sanctuary, to where we will be able to hear what the Spirit is saying and that we will give ourselves to the flow of the Spirit of His Word as He gives revelation. Can we do that? Now, those of you that are used to praying, we're all going to close our eyes right now and we're going to pray. But those of you that are not intimidated to really pray, can we seriously pray about what I just mentioned right now? Can we do it? Father, we come. We need the power of your Spirit. We need you to do what only you can do. We need lives to be changed. We need the power of your Spirit to do a work in our lives. And we believe it and we speak it by faith. And can, can the church shout in Jesus' name. And God bless you as you're seated. Power to give. The setting of Acts 1 and 8 is at the end of the 40 days that Jesus spent with his disciples after his death, burial, and resurrection. It's, it's important for us to get this. Acts 1 and 8 was literally the last words that Jesus Christ said to his disciples, his people, and literally after he said this, he, he ascended. The word was, don't depart from Jerusalem until you are endued with, with power. And that happened, as they did that, that happened on the original day of Pentecost. The context of Acts 20 and 35 is quite interesting because now Paul has been with the Ephesian elders. He has spent 
quite a bit of time with them. He is telling them now this is his departing words. He's not going to see them again. He knows that the Spirit is leading him into a journey that he will never lay his eyes physically on these people again. And he lets them know that. And he has spent the time seeking to ground them, to get them ready for the war that was coming, spiritual warfare. He even was telling them that, that there are, there's even going to be division that's going to come up amongst you. And these were the very last words. And it's very interesting that, that he ended his last official words to the Ephesian elders by saying, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is why I'm preaching today, power to give. Power to give. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the message that I share with you today can be, it has the potential of being a life-changing message. That literally doing what will be shared today can literally change your life and it doesn't even matter about the people around you. Because the word that I'm preaching today, if we can, helps us to elevate, elevate our thinking, elevate our living, elevate understanding a depth of Scripture that, that lifts us up above all the human aggravation that we may be around. Living the kingdom principle of giving will change our lives. I promise you that that the difference in the life of a giver and the life of a taker is drastic. It's not even close. And I've said many times, and I'm sure I've said it here, that at our core, we are all either givers or takers. And if you're here today and you are a giver, I trust that this word will just be a confirmation to how you're living I trust that it will be a word that, that will encourage you to continue to be a giver. I trust it will be a word that, that will add gas in the tank of your giving. I, I trust that it will expand the vision of even how you can give on a greater level because living a life of being a giver is, is a life like none other. And then I speak today to all the takers. I'm not hitting you in the head. I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm trying to lift you up and, and tell you there's a much better way to live. There is a much better way to live. And I trust that by the time you walk out of, of this sanctuary today, you will decide my life of being a taker is over I'm, I'm running a dagger through that kind of thinking. I realize there is a power now that is available to me that will empower me to move from being a taker to being a giver, and I can live on a much greater level. All of this starts with God. God the giver. God the creator. 
God created the world, and he literally, in part, modeled himself in his creation because he created creation to give. God created air, and air gives. God created water, and water gives. God created light, and it gives. And God created dirt, and it gives. God created grass, and it gives. God created flowers, and they give. God created trees, and they give. And God created vegetables, and they give along with fruit, and it gives. God created animals, and they give. And he created fish, and they give. And God created man, and man has a choice whether or not he will give or not. Now it's God's greatest creation is man, and God didn't really give the trees a will, and he didn't really give dirt a will, and he didn't give flowers a will, and he didn't give apples a will, and he didn't give oranges a will, and he didn't give give vegetables a will, but whenever it came to man, God created man. And he gave man a choice. And he gives us the choice of giving. He gives us a choice. Are we going to live a life being a taker? Are we going to give, are we going to live a life being a giver? Because God the creator is a giver. God the creator is one that gave, and he created creation in a way to create. That's the essence of God. He's a giver, but it didn't end with, with dirt. You ready? It, it didn't end with flowers and vegetables. It, it didn't end on that level we see in 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. God preached unto the Gentiles. God believed, was believed on in the world, and God was received up into glory. And so we see the great creator gift now and the ultimate giving of God becoming a man and dwelling among us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so now we look at Jesus Christ. Now it's manifest. Now we get to see it on a practical level. And we see that Jesus lived to give. That's what he did. That's, that's how he lived. He lived in a giving manner. He met a leper, and that leper was outcast. That leper now was not able to be around. His family days were over. It didn't matter if they were having a Memorial Day cookout or not. They wasn't invited. They couldn't come around. They were put out. But when Jesus met them, he gave cleansing. He, he met the man that was possessed by the devil, he, he, by spirits. He, he could not do what he wanted to do. He, he was bound, and what did Jesus give? He gave freedom. 
to the paralytic, he gave mobility. To the multitude, he, he gave fishes and loaves. To the blind man, he gave sight. To the deaf, he gave hearing. To the widow's son, he gave life. And to Jerusalem, he gave intercession. And to the woman in adultery, he gave forgiveness. Why? Because Jesus lived to give. Jesus lived in a manner that if he would see a need, he would literally give himself to answer that need. That's the way he lived. It is said of him that Jesus went about doing good. Jesus went about doing good. That, that was his life. And so when I look at God the Creator, when I look at God becoming man, when I look at the life of Jesus Christ, and you see how everything that was done and was exampled it was set up that it would operate through giving. Through giving. I believe that the key to abundant life is through giving. I believe the more that we give of ourselves, the more we have the opportunity to truly live. I believe that true living is directly connected to giving. And so on this day, when I'm preaching about power to give, I have a question that I would like for you to answer inwardly, not outwardly. And that answer, that question is, do I live with open hands or closed hands? How am I living? How, how do I live my life? Am I living my life with open hands or am I living my life with closed hands? I'm not speaking just of money, but I'll start there. Don't get nervous. I'm not going to kick into a special offering while pastor's gone. That's not going to happen. But it is a great indicator. It, it is a great indicator. You, you really don't, you don't have to have a lot of money to give a little of what you have to someone in need. You, you really don't. It's not about amount. It's about principle. But the enemy wants to shut that down in your life because of the principle. Oh, yes. It's true. This comes to my mind. I hadn't intended on sharing it. Maybe this will help someone know. I did not know until a few months ago that if someone was in need somewhere in the United States that has a Walmart, that you can go to Walmart and you can actually send money from Walmart to Walmart and they can immediately get the money. There's, there's an individual that I'm, that I'm helping and I found that out. Now, the first time I went to do this, I thought you could use a credit card and you can't. And I didn't take cash. I only took a credit card. So that was a waste of trip and it, it burned a lot of time. So, so if you're going to do this, take cash and it costs just a little bit to do it. But it's like it's just another way that, that if you know somebody has a major need, that, that it, it, can, it can be done. It can be done across this nation. I'm not just talking about money. I'm also talking about groceries. 
You say, well, we have a food pantry. All we have to do here is we just have to give them, the, you know, say third Thursday night of, of the month, and, and then that's all fixed. So, so right, it's, it, that's absolutely right. So they can starve for three weeks, but they're in good shape on, on one, one Thursday night. I guess we could call it a forced 21-day fast. Maybe, maybe that is how we're doing it. No, uh, I, I, remember, I remember as a kid, I was raised in... I was raised by two givers, and uh, I'm not going to sidetrack a lot here, but I am going to run just a little rabbit trail. My father was very sick. He, he ended up dying when he was 42 years old, and, uh, and there were times we lived by government assistance. It was called food stamps back then. Now I think they've got nice cards and downloadable cards, which is good. We, we didn't. We had food stamps. You'd actually go to the checkout and you would and you would count out food stamps, and I remember sometimes being with with my parents during that season, and and even when we were buying food with food stamps, I remember my parents sometimes keeping a few little items separate, and and they would bag that separately because there was some elder that they had heard was hungry, or there was some family that they heard. That, that was uh, that, that was in need, and on our way back home, buying some of the food, some of the time, this wasn't just a one-time thing, so when they had actual cash, they did it, but when, they, when we also had government assistance, we also did it, because one thing that my parents would refuse to do, and that was to shut down the spirit of giving. You don't shut down the spirit of giving. You, you don't allow anything in this life to shut down your spirit of giving because when we shut down our spirit of giving, we are sentenced to live on a lower level. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about kindness. Walk in somewhere and give kindness. Walk in somewhere and give care. Walk in and forgive somebody. It's not just about money. It's, I'm talking about power to give because of God the Creator, what God the Creator put into existence. Give some mercy. Give some mercy to somebody. Do a good deed for somebody. Speak life where you go. Refuse to live as a glass, a glass half empty person. Re- refuse that. That's, that's no way to live. Well, I, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm one of those people. It's just kind of, I'm just a half empty. Well, you don't have to be. That, that glass may be about the same, but you can either look at it half empty or half full. It's your choice. You know why? Because you're not a tree, and you're not a turnip, and you're not a watermelon. You're, not, you're a human being that has the power of choice that God Almighty gave that choice. Give. Give opportunity to people. I guess we need to ask the question, is our life dominated by the mirror or is it dominated by the window? 
Are we more concerned about what we can get or what we can give? Matthew 20, 28 is a life-changing scripture. I have used this many times already from this pulpit, but it's a, a verse that can change our lives. Jesus was speaking of himself, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. John 13, 4 and 5, he riseth from supper. He laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Verses 12 through 15 of the same, same chapter. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down, Again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Whose feet? The people closest to him. Where at? In a very intimate place where they were abiding at that moment. What do I, what do I believe that the word is? I believe is, the word is, it starts at home. Now, I'm, I'm going to get to some of this more exciting power, spirit. Just give me a second. But this starts at home. It starts at home. What should our homes be? Training centers for givers. It only takes one self-centered person in a home to mess up the whole atmosphere. It only takes one. And I promise you this, a house of givers will experience an atmosphere that a house of takers can only wish for. A house of givers will, listen, if everyone in a dwelling, whether you are, whether you are kin to each other or not, if you can establish this is going to be a house of givers, we're going to give to each other. There's nobody around here going to act like King Tut. We're going to give to each other. We're all going to serve each other. And we're going to open up the channels because God will honor a giving house. And God is the ultimate steward. And God can put his goods where he wants them. And I promise you, just like the cloud rested over the children of Israel in a barren time, there can be a cloud that can rest over our individual homes that will empower us to ignore everything that is being dictated around us. We determine. We must not in this day act like that the United States economy is the final word. We cannot act in this day as if the world economy will have the final say. 
It does not. We are children of God. God the creator. God the giver. God the one. Yeah, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying right now. I'm talking about God. God the creator who can speak it. All he has to do is speak it. That's all. He makes something out of nothing. He, we need atoms. He don't need atoms. We need material. He doesn't need material. Even that, even that verse in the Bible where I've heard people refer as if it's an impossibility where they've said, well, can a leopard change his spots or can this or that? Well, no, he can't, but God can. God can make, God can just speak at leopard and that leopard be a lamb. Is anything too hard for God? I got to stop here a minute because the spirit has, 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 Let me to stop right here. Somebody's got to get God back at the top in your life. It's not the company you're working for does not control everything. The people that you are around does not control everything. Your psychotic boss does not control everything. Your devil-possessed landlord does not control everything. We got to get our faith where our faith is supposed to be. There is God. God is a giver. God has all power. He can make something out of nothing. There is no situation. Somebody needs to believe it. Somebody needs to believe it. You might be dealing with sickness right now in your body. Don't you sentence yourself in your mind to a human limitation. Acts 20, 35. I have showed you all things, how that's so laboring. You ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving brings blessing. Giving brings blessing, period. But we have a real problem. And that is the continual pull to turn inward and kill the giving spirit in our lives. Because the inner voice says things like, why give? People won't appreciate it. People won't respond. People won't give back. People will use you. There are selfish people that just wait for somebody to have a spirit of giving, to get in close to them, to suck them dry like a parasite. And I look back at this and I say, people won't appreciate it. And to that I say, amen. You'll give it times and people won't respond. And to that I say, by experience, amen. 
People won't give back when you give. And to that, I say a hearty amen. People will use you whenever you give. And to that, I say amen and amen. I don't have time to unpack all of this thought in this message. Maybe someday I'll teach a lesson on it. But there is a powerful message in Matthew 25. And it basically says this. When you've done it unto them, you've done it unto me. When you've done it unto them. Well, well, when did we see you, God, needing this? When did we see you that? When, when you've did it unto them when you saw them and you didn't do it. And so it's like, whoa, revelation. It's not about the human. This is not about the human. I can literally, because I've been created with a will, I can literally move in to being a giver and I can elevate even above the people I'm giving to. Mm, yeah, it's life-changing. So it's like I say, is there a need and you can supply it? Supply it and forget it. Speak a kind word when they don't deserve it and forget it. Help somebody when you can and forget it. It's not just about this level. I love you. I may love you. I don't know about you. But if I see a need that I can can meet, then it's my responsibility to step into that need. And when I may give it to whoever, but I'm not just doing it for whoever. When I went to Walmart yesterday and I sent that money to that individual who was hungry, that I found out that they were hungry, well, I can keep it on the level of so-and-so got a meal, or I can elevate and say, do you know what I did? I went to Walmart yesterday and I gave to God. That's what I did. This is not just about humans. This is about understanding. This is not just a human thing. This is a God principle. And it doesn't matter if they give back. We've got to mature to where it doesn't matter if they give. Well, I said something nice to them, and they didn't return that. Well, so what? Forget that part. And God says, You did something nice to them, you gave. Check, you got an A. Well, I'm shutting down. I'm I'm not going to give because of what they may do. God says, well, okay, enjoy that F. Come on, new life. I'm hurrying. I know time's getting away. I'm hurrying, but I can tell you, If we can ever get into a power and understand the power that gives through us, everything changes. I'm talking about a principle right now that will change your life. I'm talking about a principle right now that will help the depressed. I'm talking about a principle that will help the oppressed. 
I'm talking about a principle that will shatter the mirror that you're staring in and your life is never going to go anywhere if you're staring in the mirror. I'm talking about a principle that will take that mirror and will turn it into a window. So what we need is, is we need power to give. So here's how it works. We give ourselves to God so God can give through us. Because God working through man has always been his plan. Doesn't have to have God. He's sovereign. He can do anything he wants. But he sure wants to find people through who he can move. We, we need to answer two major questions, and we need to answer them right. Will we give naturally? That woman had no idea that her giving that room to that prophet, that table, and that bed, she had no idea that that was going to be the key to her having a son and then the son being brought back from the dead. That boy who had a few fishes and loaves, he had no idea. It would have been a sad day if he had decided just a few of this. Hey, hold on, hold on a second. What he had in his, in his little bag wouldn't even, it, that wouldn't even give a good meal to this section and the platform. And there were thousands of people. Here, take it. And what happened? So we've got to get this natural thing right. But I've often said that the natural is the gateway to the supernatural. That, that a felt need is the gateway to the real need. What is the real need? The real need is salvation. The, the real need is new birth. The real need is new life. That's, that's what the real need is. But many times the gateway is a felt need. And so I ask you, will you be a channel for the supernatural? Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you power. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And this is a very, very fitting verse today on Pentecost Sunday. It's like the giver gave the best gift on the original day of Pentecost. The giver gave the best gift on the original day of Pentecost, and we see in Acts 2, 1 through 4, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It set upon each of them, 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And this is where the power to be a witness spoken of in Acts 1 and 8 was given. Here it is. The power to be a witness. Wow, let's dig a little deeper. So the power to go knock on somebody's door and say, uh, we're from such and such and will you come? Uh, It goes a little deeper than that. This word witness means martus, which means martyr. I give you power to be a witness. I give you power to be a martyr. Now, I have no earthly idea if we're going to be called to be actual martyrs here in Terre Haute. There are people right now being killed for the name of Jesus. Right now. There are people that are losing their lives in this world for the name of Jesus. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in, in our future. But this is speaking of a power to empower us to not only put our lives under his direction seasonally, but to actually put our lives under his direction and be willing to totally give our life. Hear me. I preach power to give. We need the power in our life that allows us to step up right where we are right now where we live, and say, you will control my life. I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. I will speak what you want me to speak. I I will do the hard work by the Spirit to crucify my flesh. That my flesh will not control. You've got to understand the the scope of this scripture. He was speaking to men who had already had power flowing through them to where there were demons cast out. There was great works done. But when the pressure was on, they folded. They ran. They experienced a power, but the power that they had on that level was not enough for them to stand when everything else around them was crashing. He said, now you go and I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you a power that you're going to be able to withstand everything. And that's exactly what they positioned themselves for. That's exactly what they got. And that's exactly how they finished their race. Powerfully. Why? Because they were empowered to give. Because they understood what the power wanted to do, not only in their life, but through their life. A couple of weeks ago, I was ministering in St. Louis, and it was it was just an, an amazing an, an amazing time. 
Um, there's an elder there, Elder Danny Scott. He was a missionary many, many years to Ecuador. He was a teenage peer of my parents and actually was praying with my, my mother's father whenever he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and I had been able to connect with them through the years at different times. They came through on deputation when I was a little boy. And, and so it was, it was a great time being with, with, with veteran missionary Danny Scott, who now has two hearing aids, 85 years old, um, active in the ministry of the Sanctuary Church in St. Louis. So I'm talking with him, and a man walks up. And he and he's, he he says, tell tell Brother Terry what happened in, in our service. He's he's working in the Spanish uh, ministry there, and they and they were talking about this lady that had this this great growth, and and she came and they prayed for her, and the growth disappeared, and and she falls out on the floor, and and on and on and on. And this eighty five year old man with two hearing aids, he's I mean he's just animated. He's like what what God is doing, and then and then he starts talking to me about the, the last one that got the Holy Ghost in the service. These I mean the fire is is like I I keep looking for elders that remind me of Caleb who literally at 85 years old said, give me this mountain. Well, I, well, I found one right there. I mean, it, it was Caleb in the Bible. It's Elder Danny Scott now in St. Louis. Uh, Caleb came out of the Bible, I guess, and now he's in, living in St. Louis in the flesh of Danny Scott. And he told me this. He said, he said, Brother Terry, here's what we've got to get. Quote, we give our hearts to God. And then God flows out through our hands. He said, that's all, that's all we have to realize. That's all we have to get. That we give our hearts totally to God. And then through giving our hearts totally to God, then God comes through and just flows out through our hands. I'm speaking to somebody today. If you've never been empowered by the Spirit, you need to be empowered by the Spirit because you need to get in position. It's not about just becoming a member of new life. No, no, no. It's, it's much more than that. You need to be born again by water and Spirit to be able to move in and be positioned for this. And then I'm also talking to a lot of veterans of new life. It's time to get our head up a little higher. It's time to quit letting flesh shut us down. It's time for us to understand that there is a power that wants to work through us that will literally work in a manner that the creative power of God is flowing through us. But it's a matter of us positioning ourselves for that kind of giving. As we stand together right now, if you want power to give, would you step out from where you are right now and would you come as close as you can to this altar? Because I can tell you without a doubt that there is going to be an impartation of the Spirit to give that is going to flow through this sanctuary right now. I am not working anybody up emotionally. 
But if you will respond to the Word of God, you can live on a level that you've never, never lived before. Quit putting it in the hands of people. Quit looking at your personal situation and your personal reasons. I don't have money. We've got this. We're fighting this disability. We're, we're dealing with this or we're dealing with that. We're dealing with this past hurt and this person. At some point, we've got to say, God the Creator created us. He gives us the will. No human can stop it. The only human that can stop it is us. And all you've got to do is get out of your own way. And this is what we're going to pray right now. Can we all pray a prayer? Those of you that walk to the front, can we pray this prayer first? A prayer of forgiveness and a prayer that God will help us get out of our own way. Those of you standing in the chairs, would you stretch your hand toward the front right now? And would you pray for these people? Every one of you who walk forward right now, will you do that? Father, forgive me. Forgive me of any mind block I've allowed. Forgive me, God, for putting your power in the hands of other humans. Forgive me, God, for allowing humans to shut me down. Forgive me, God, for looking in the human realm. And limiting your power by some, and limiting the supernatural by the natural. Speak that out. Speak that out. Tell him. Tell him. Forgive me for it, God. Forgive me for dishonoring you through fear and unbelief. Forgive me for empowering people in my life over you. Forgive me for it. And now it's time to, to change into this prayer. God, help me get out of my own way. The Spirit's doing a deep work right now. Pray this with me. It sounds simple. It is simple. Help me get out of my own way. Help me get out of my own way. I'm telling you something deep is happening right now in the Spirit. And there's going to be a manifestation. There's going to be a manifestation in your life whenever we move to, to this next point. But right now, do we have it cleaned out? Have we said, God, forgive me for limiting your supernatural through what I see naturally? God, forgive me for the human excuses I've used. Now, do you have faith to believe that there is literally a power that will help us give. Then let's lift our hands right now and let's receive it. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Tell him right now, I receive it. Let the power of the Holy Ghost manifest through you right now. Let the power 
of the Holy Ghost manifest right now through you. Let it be done. Talk to God about it right now.